Gvaldik. So, today's daf is daf Yudalid in Meseches Megillah, page 14. In Meseches Megillah, we pick up from Vayotsar HaMelech Es Tabatoi. This is, we, we start on top of the Amud, we read the Mashal comparing Haman to Achashverosh, letting us know that they had similar ideas. One was just waiting for the other to mention the killing of the Jews. And once Haman mentioned it, Achashverosh was totally down with that. So we're nine lines from the top of Yud Dalid, Amud Aleph. <laughs> Excuse me. King Achashverosh took off his signet ring. The removal of Achashverosh's ring did more. Yaiser Merabom Bishrenavim, more than 48 male prophets, the Shavanavios, and seven female prophets, prophetesses, Shenis Nabu Lahem Yisrael, who prophesied for Kla Yisrael. Why? Because we had all these prophets. We had 55 prophets. Everybody's telling Kla Yisrael to do tshuva. Shakulan Lechzirulamutam. All these prophecies ultimately did not bring Kla Yisrael to tshuva. But once we're up against a rock in a hard place, Achashverosh takes off his signal ring, Gavaldik, all of a sudden, everybody starts thinking about Teshuvah. Okay? Very important message, Limud, from the Gemara, pointing out how, unfortunately, we work sometimes as people. We decide that we're going to do something, but until we mamish need to do it, it uh, it's very difficult to ultimately follow through. And this was the mistake that we had uh, by not listening to the Nevi'im and the Nevi'is, until Achishverish took off his ring. Now the message was taken. So should we? There were 48 prophets and 7 prophetesses that prophesied for Kla Yisrael. They did not take anything out from the Torah, nor did they add anything. They were just sharing messages from the Rabban Shem. The moment a prophet changes anything from the Torah, they're a Navi Shekhar, and that leads to other religions. Um, nor did they add to anything that's written in the Torah. Except for the mitzvah of lighting the Megillah. Rashi points out that Hanukkah here is not mentioned, even though that was also established by the Rabbanon, because that took place after the era of the Nevi'im, therefore it's not included. My Dorish says the Gemara, how did the Nevi'im know to add this one thing, i.e. Kriyas Megillah, to the mitzvahs? When Klaisro left Mitzrayim, and we went from Abdus Lecheros, we sang Shira after crossing the Amsub, and we, see, we saw the Egyptians drowning. And how much more so when we were in a situation of death, and we're to have that decree removed and bring life, how much more so are we obligated to sing Shira? Okay. So apparently, reading of the Megillah is singing Shira. The Gemara says, but then why the Megillah? If that's how we establish Megillah, Halal Nami Nema. We should say Halal. And we don't say Halal and Purn. So here we're going to give a, a couple attempts to answer. Since the miracle of Purim took place in Shushan primarily, and everything took place in Chutzlaretz, Memela. We don't include Hal. Meaning the Gemara is giving us a qualification when Hal is established. When, yes, when Kla Yisrael saved, they would establish Halal. However, that's only if it had to do with Eretz Yisrael. It's never a complete Shira if, it's, if Eretz Yisrael is not included. Says the Gemara, that's not possible. One second. Yitzias Mitzrayim, but by leaving Mitzrayim, <clears throat> were we in Eretz Yisrael yet? No. 
the miracles of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, from um, walking out on the first day of Pesach to the seventh day, crossing the Yamsuf, that was all outside Eretz Yisroel, why are we saying Shira, why are we saying Halal on Pesach? If Halal is all dependent on Eretz Yisroel, so uh, if we're saying it for Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, we should say it for um, Shushan too, for Purim. Says the Gemara, no, I'll tell you the difference. Kedetanya, beautiful, beautiful message here. We learned in Ebraisa. Until Klal Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael, there was nothing specific. Eretz Yisrael wasn't enough, so to speak, to limit us to the Shira. However, once Kal Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael, all the all of a sudden it became limited to Eretz Yisrael. Kal Yisrael now is all the Nisim need to ha- need to surround Eretz Yisrael. That's our center point, and only once we were in did this halacha start that a miracle in Eretz Yisrael gets halal, outside Eretz Yisrael does not get halal. Okay, so that's one answer why we don't say how on Purim, okay? Why? What did we say? Because it was Chutz Laaretz after, it was, the miracle took place outside Eretz Yisrael, and this was after we already came into Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Rav Nachman Omar, Rav Nachman says, I'll tell you why we don't say how on Purim. Kriyasa zu halilu. Reading the Megillah takes the place of Halal. Rav Omar, Rav says, Bishlam HaHosam, we understand when it comes to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Halu Abde Hashem, give praise, servants of Hashem. These are Pesukim in Halal. Right? And we were no longer servants of Paris. We could say halal. But by Purim, it's not possible to say halal. Because in the words of halal, we find halal. Fortunate are those who are abde Hashem. And we were actually still servants of Paris. We didn't have a complete geula like we did by Mitzrayim. And because we were still abodim of Achashverish. Beautiful. Says the Gemara, one second. I'm going to challenge you with a question according to both opinions. Why? Okay, now according to Rava, Rava says that you can't say Halu Abde Hashem, so there's no Halu, because we're also still Avadim Tachashverish. Rav Nachman says we actually did say Halal Biderech Mikra Megil, in the way of reading the Megil. Says the Gemara, but I have a question according to both opinions. Why? But we learned in Abraisa, Mishanich Nesularetz, once Kal Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael, Leukshu Kol Arotza Yisloi Mar Shira, all the other lands are not capable of singing Shira. So why are you coming up with, that statement is a truism. So why do you got to say, Kriyosa Zu Elila, or give an excuse, or you can't say Halu Abde Hashem, you can't say it anyway. Says the Gemara, no, they have a different opinion about the, the establishment of Halal. And they hold, Kivan Shagalu, once Kal Yisrael was sent out of Eretz Yisrael into Galos, Chazru Lakshir Narishain, the halacha went back to allowing halal to be said, um, even for Nisim, outside Eretz Yisrael. Seder? So, just to clarify outside. Originally we said, uh, we, we spoke out the opinion, which was, we don't say halal because it was an ace that took place outside Eretz Yisrael. Then we have the reasons of Rava and Rav Nachman, that actually it is, uh, we, we should be saying halal, but either Mikra Megillah is halal, or Achashverish was still our king, so you can't ask the Gemara, I, but either way you can't do it. And on that, the Gemara responds, according to them, you could. 
they hold Taka Halo could be said outside Eretz Yisrael even once we went in because we were sent back into Golos and the halacha is removed. Okay. Now, for a nice percentage of the daf, we're going to go through various fascinating Nevi'im and prophecies. Because we pointed out there were 48 male prophets and 7 female prophets. Let's go. Ask the Gemara, Vesuleka, are there no other Nevi'im? Boksev. But it says in the Pasuk, There was a man from Masayim Tzaifim, which the drasha is, he was one of 200 prophets that were giving Nebuah in that generation to Klai Yisrael. So how can you tell me there's only 48 Nevi'im? Says the Gemara, no, 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 let me explain. Uh, really, there, there was plenty, plenty, plenty of Nevi'im. There were many prophets throughout the, the generations for Klai Yisrael. Double the men leaving Mitzrayim. 1.2 million people received prophecy. But I'll tell you what we mean by 48. 48 prophets had their prophecy recorded for later generations. Many prophecies that were not needed for future generations and did not need to be written down. So we're not including in our number. Okay? So 48, what does it mean 48? There's really many more. But 48 prophets had their nevuah um, uh, recorded for all generations. Rav Shmuel Barnachmeni Omar, Rav Shmuel Barnachmeni says, Adam Habam Yishtei Rama Yishat Tzoyfei Zuezu. He says, what do you mean by Yihye Shechad Min HaRamasayim Tzoyfim? What does that mean? He says, there was somebody who came from two mountains that were facing each other. Rav Chanin Omar, Rav Chanin said, and this is just, this is not arguing or anything, this is just continuing to give droshas on that Pasuk once we mention the Pasuk. A person who comes from people who stand in the in the highest heights. Listen to this. Who stands in the heights of the world? Kairach's sons ultimately did not die when the ground swallowed them up. They really only did, they, they really did a tshuva. They were really only on the outside. Um, uh, Alongside their father Kairach in his fight against Misha, really they did not they did not really agree with him once they realized where he was going, and therefore let's keep reading. Tana mishum Rabbeinu, it's taught in the name of Rabbi Makom Nisnabelam They started to descend to Gehenna, but Hakadosh Baruch Hu brought out a ledge which caught them, and ultimately they were protected from um, ultimately they were pr- uh, protected from going down to Gehenna and. According to Rashi, they really even didn't die. Sheva Nevi Yismaninu, who are the seven prophetesses? Sarah, Miriam, Devarachan, Abigail, Chuldov, Esther. Sarah, interestingly, Sarah was the only one of the Imahis who was also a Nevi'ah. Miriam, Devarachan, Abigail, Chuldov, and Esther. And the Gemara is now going to go through each one of the seven prophetesses and how we know that they prophesied and when they prophesied. Here we go. Sarah. Hanu Sarimenu was a Nevi'ah. Tuxid, Katsetna Pasuk, Avi Milka of Avi Yiska. She was um, from Avi Milka and Avi Yiska. Viyamar of Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak says, What does that mean? Yiska zu Sarah. Yiska is the name of Sarah. Why is that her nickname? The Lamunik Rishma Yiska. Why was Sarah called Yiska? She saw with 
Ruach HaKodesh. Now, over here, this Ruach HaKodesh, we're putting in the category of prophecy. When Avram Avinu didn't want to send Yishmol, he said, Sarah insisted that he send, that they send Yishmol away. Avram Avinu didn't want to. Hashem says to Avram, listen to your Rebetzin. Another way to understand this Pasuk is, uh, to understand why her name was Yiska. Yiska, she she was incredibly beautiful and people would gaze at her beauty. Okay, so we see the prophecy of Sarah. Miriam. Have you know Miriam was an Aviyah? Fascinating. Miriam Hanaviyah, the Torah specifically calls her a prophetess, but interestingly, we're still going to want to bring a proof that she was a prophetess, who was the sister of Aaron. Okay, now the Gemara says, one second, let's pause for a moment. Why are we calling Miriam the sister of Aaron? Didn't she have another brother? Didn't she have Maisha Rabbeinu? Ask the Gemara of Elayach, is Maisha? Miriam Hanaviyah wasn't Maisha's sister? Why are we only crediting her with being Aaron's sister? Amr of Nachman, Amr Rav. Nachman says the name of Rav. Her prophecy took place before Maisha Rabbeinu was born. Her prophecy happened only when Aaron was her brother. And Miriam said in her prophecy, I see it in the future, Imi, my mother, Shetele Ben is going to give birth to a son. She is going to save Kaiso. And therefore her parents remarried. When Maisha was born, the whole house was filled with light. Her father got up and kissed her on the head. He saw her prophecy coming to fruition. My beloved daughter, your prophecy is being fulfilled. But once they had to throw Maisha into the river, her father stood up, Amram stood up and gave her a tap on the head. And he says to her, Where's your prophecy? Yeah, he's frustrated. Miriam stood while Maisha was in the Nile River in the box. She stood alongside the river banks and peeked through the bushes, peeked through the cracks. Why? To know. What did she want to know? Says the Gemara Ladas. She wanted to know what's going to be with the end of her prophecy. Beautiful. So now we know Sarah had Nebuah, and we know Miriam had Nebuah. Next, Devira. Devira was a Nebuah as well. Devira was a Nebuah, the wife of Lapidus. Okay, says the Gemara, first of all, what is Eishas Lapidus? Where does that name come from? We never heard of such a thing. That's not, uh, it's not a common name. And also in other places, it points out that um, um, it, it, it gives different names. She was a judge, but she made sure to roll the wicks for the Mikdash, which in her time was the Mishkan. Okay? What do you see from here? As great of a position you're in, a person's never above doing the small stuff. And she sat underneath a palm tree as she judged. Says the Gemara, why do you got to tell me that? What's the message in her sitting underneath the palm tree? Because all the men would come to her with Shiloh. She was not Misha Paisik. She was a Paisik. She was a Neviah. Men would come to her to, for her to pass in Shilas and get her advice. And therefore, she would sit out in the open. Another shot of the importance of telling me she sat by the palm tree. Just like by a palm tree, the sap remains in the trunk and it doesn't extend and branch out to the branches 
So to Klai Yisrael in that generation, she was such a phenomenal leader that Klai Yisrael's hearts were always focused on Avinu Sheba Shamayim. Okay. Next, Nadir. Chana. How do we know Chana was Nadir? Dechsir. As it says, Chana did not have children. She comes to Eli. She comes to the Mishkan Shiloh. And Chana Davin. And she says, She said, My heart is happy with the Rebbein Shalom. Rama Karni Basham. My horn is lifted up by the Rebbein Shalom. Rama Karni Balay Rama Pachi. She says, My horn and not my flask. Okay. So you see that only people who are anointed with horns, she was mentioning, are ultimately going to become king. David and Shlomo were anointed with horns. They, their reign lasted. Who were anointed with the, with the pottery, the flask. Their kingship did not last. Hannah continues, and she says, There's no one holy like the Rabbi Nishayim. There's no one like you. Amar of Yehuda bar Menashe. Rabbi Yehuda bar Menashe says, Al tikri biltecha ela levalei secha. Don't read the word biltecha, which means in addition to you. Rather, it means levalei secha. Nobody's able to survive the Rabbi Nishayim. What does that mean? Shalaykim midas kadosh baruch midas basu v'adam. The Rabbi Nishayim works different than flesh and blood. Midas basu v'adam. The, the way it works with flesh and blood, with man, the work of their hands live longer than them. People build these fabulous homes. People build long things. And what happens? They die and the, and the building remains. Outlives all the work. There's no rock. Like the Rabbi Nishwalem says, the Gemara, it doesn't only mean the rock, but you could darshan it, ain't sayar. There's no artist like the Rebbeinu We look around the Halakha world, the entire holy world. Excuse me, the whole world. And what happens? You see the beauty everywhere. You can't miss the Rebbeinu A person is a phenomenal artist. Uh, artist, And he can't breathe life into it. He can't make a breath. Kravayim, innards, ubenimeayim, intestines, avakadish baruch, utzar tzura, b'tzach tzura. Kodesh Baruch Hu makes forms inside of forms. See, by us, you got to work from the inside out. Rebani Shleilam is an artist that can work inside out, outside in, and give life to everything. Okay, so that's how we know Chana was a Nevi'ah. Just to throw in, there's a big segula that my mother, Zechari Lebrocha, um, would share with us. Uh, as a segula for having children to recite Hannah's prayer at candle lighting on uh, Friday night. My, I'm, as as uh, many of you know, I'm the youngest of 13 in the family. And um, my mother had a few miscarriages after they got married for a couple years, for a few years, they didn't have children. And my mother started saying Tzvila's Hannah when she lit candles. And uh, they were Zaycha to have a full pregnancy, but that's why my oldest brother's name is Shmuel. His name is Shmuel, because Hannah, from this tefillah, named her child uh, Shmuel. So in Tzchus of that tefillah, they named their Bechor, Shmuel. All right. Abigail. Hey, no, Abigail was a Nevi'ah. She was riding on a donkey, and she came down 
by the side of the mountain. It's a fascinating story. Abigail was married to a man named Novo, who David planned on killing because he was rebelling against David as David was attaining the throne. The Seyser Hahar says, what does it mean on the, the, the secret side of the mountain? It should say, Min Hahar. She's coming down from the mountain, Miboile. It should say, She came towards David with a dam shayla, with a, a shayla on the color of blood to know whether it was Tahar dam or Tomei dam. David HaMelech was a, was a big Talmud Chacham and he paskin on these things. So she was coming towards David HaMelech as if, um, as if she, she was there for the purpose of asking a shayla. What happened? Not Ladam She took blood and she showed it to David. She says, listen, is this shade, is this color uh, make me tummy or not? Amar la. David HaMelech says, V'chimarin dam balayla. It's nighttime. Yeah, a, a rav is not allowed to paskin colors at night um, unless it's like uh, crucial, the lady has to go to the mikvah that night, so on and so forth. So, so uh, Dovnach says, why are you bringing this to me now? It's nighttime, what are you doing here? Amrlai, she says to him, now she's getting to her point. Is a, somebody let a judge life and death shyless at night? You're coming to kill my husband, Novo, for rebelling against you. Well, guess what? It's nighttime. You can't kill him at night. The same way, you don't want to paskin my color, uh, my col- the, the color of the blood at night. Omar lo, Dovra Melech Sester, we now turn to Amit Beis. My Rebbe Malchus, beautiful response. Let me tell you something, he says. He's my Rebbe Malchus. This is not a shayla. Some things are questions, and a question, something that needs a psak, can, uh, when it comes to life and death, so that cannot be done at night. But something that's an automatic, it doesn't need, it's not even a shayla, it doesn't need a psak. So that's not a judgment, and I'm allowed to do this at night. I'm allowed to, I, I, I need to kill him. I don't need to create a, a whole Besden over here. Amr Lai, Tzavi Gail says, David, relax. Listen, she says, listen, you're not fully the king yet. Shoal is still in position. I know that you've been anointed, but it's not all well known. You're not like fully established on the throne. So take it easy. Take it easy. It's, it's not all out there. You can't really consider my husband to be a murder bin Malchus. Omar lost. David Amalek says, you know something? You're, you're saying good, right? You're uh, giving a good reasoning and you should be blessed. You're saying a good logic and therefore I'm not going to come to creating any sort of bloods. Ask the Gemara, Damin, bloods, tarti mashma, seems to imply there's two bloods over here. What's the bloods? Why two? The only thing that just that David was just helped with was that he didn't uh, kill Novo. So what other, wh- why is he saying in plural? Answers the Gemara, Abigail, at some point her thigh was revealed, and her skin shone three parsois. Um, Omar La, Hishmi And Dabra Mel says to her, he has a, a desire for her. And he says, Be with me. Omar Lai, Don't let me be a, a, uh, um, a stumbling block for you. He says, David, I know you're a tzaddik. I know you're somebody who has tremendous passion. Channel your passion in the right places. 
don't make a mistake over here. Now she says, Loti as Zos, don't let this be your mistake, your downfall, okay, your stumbling block. What does it mean, this? Zos, this incident, Mechlal de It seems to imply there is another incident where David did make a mistake. Umaynihu, what was that? Maisa de Basheva, the story of Basheva, Maskana Hachiyave, and the Gemara says, by the way, we see, um, uh, we see that in the end, um, he did stumble with Basheva, and therefore Abigail was a Nevia. Because with this word Zeis, she foretold what was going to happen. Okay. Says the Gemara, just to wrap up the story between Dov and Abigail, let the Nishav, the Nefesh of my master, be bound with life. What does that mean? When Abigail was leaving David, Amrulay, she says to him, should do good with my master. Remember me. She was hinting that if down the road her husband ever um, dies, she is interested in marrying David. People say, While a, a woman is, is um, spinning her threads, She's looking out into the future. She's, she's building bridges and leaving her doors open. Ikadamri, some say, Shafil ve'ozil bar abza. A goose bends down the enohi, but its eyes, mitaife, are still looking far away. So a goose bends over, but its head is still looking forward. At this point, Abigail is bent over. She's humbling herself, and she's saying it's, you know, it's... It, uh, it's not right to have a relationship right now, but she still is looking down the road and saying, if there's ever an opportunity, um, I am interested in a relationship. Okay. Chulda. Chulda was also a Nevi'ah. And Chizkiyo, the Kayin, and Achikam, and Achvar, the Gaimer. Okay. Now, what is this story with Ubamak says the Gemara, first of all, Chulda lived at the same time as Girmia. So Ubamakan de Kayirmia, Hechim Nisnabi'ihi. If you have the Heleganavi, Yirmia, how is Chulda prophesizing? He's so much greater than her. Isn't it like chutzpah to go around publicly prophesizing when you have somebody so much greater than you? It's like giving a shear when your own Rosh Hashiva is sitting there. Like let your Rosh Hashiva give it. Uh, they were related and he liked it he was fine he wasn't makbid on her he was totally okay he didn't consider it an affront to his honor uh, himself how could he turn away what, in other words we're asking first of all how did Chulda have the right to give prophecy and now we're saying how did Yeshia have the right to go to her he should have gone to Yermia. He was a much greater prophet. The Yeshio Gufei, Yeshio himself, Eichi Shavik Yermia. How could he leave going to Yermia with a Shaila, Umeshada le Gabon, instead going to Chulda? You have such a holy <coughs> prophecy, a uh, 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 Navi, prophesizer, go to him. Answer the Gemara something precious. Amri de Rav Shila. They said in the name of Rav Shila, Mepnei Shehanoshim Rachmaniyais Hain, period. Women are more merciful than men. And therefore, he was nervous if you'd get a prophecy about something nishgit. You can't change the prophecy. It's whatever the Rabbanu Shalom says. However, when you have the mercy 
of somebody, sometimes they could figure it out. And I'll explain to you with a fascinating story. I wish I knew who this Rav was, but I don't recall the name. I came across this incident a few years ago. I have it in my notes. I forgot where I saw it right now. Um, there was a couple struggling with fertility. And for years, they're trying various things. Um, at some point, they started a specific process um, which was going to carry on for a three-month cycle. And during that three-month cycle, besides for the injections and various uh, things that they needed to do, they also needed, they, they started the cycle, and they also needed to have relations at spe during specific hours, like a specific hour of the day in order for this to work. Okay. They're two months in to this process, and the husband looks at the calendar, and he realizes that the last time the end of the process, um, after one of the injections, they're supposed to be together um, Yom Kippur morning in order for this to work. It was sometime, um, sometime on Yom Kippur. So he didn't know what to do. Tashmash Amita, to have marital relations on Yom Kippur is, is a biblical transgression. You're not allowed to do that. So he calls up, he calls up uh, his rav, his rosh yeshiva, and nobody's able to help him. And their mom is crestfallen. It's a, it was, you know, it's a very, very difficult process to go through. And now they're realizing at the end, they're almost at the end, and they're realizing that it's a no-go. It's not happening. What are they going to do? So finally, I don't know which rav it was. He ended up making like a whole bunch of phone calls, a whole slew of phone calls. And he called up one of the, one of the biggest Paiskim in America. And he says, what should I do? And the Paisik says, there's really nothing you could do about it. What's usher is usher. What's forbidden is forbidden. But let me think about it. I'll call you back. I hang up the phone. 10 minutes later, this Paisik calls him back. And he says, I want you to come over. I want you to come over to my house. Okay, so he comes over to this Paisik's house, he walks in, the Paisik takes out a wad of cash, $3,000, and he says, this is for two plane tickets to Australia. If you go to Australia for Yom Kippur, the hours will work out that it's not going to be Yom Kippur during that hour, and you'll be okay. And he gave them money to go to Australia. Is there anything to do? There's nothing to do. That's the Gemara here is saying. What they say in the name of Rav Shila? If a prophet prophesizes, if something is something, what's the difference? Why are you going to Chulda? What's it going to help? She had Rachmanus. And when people have Rachmanus in some way, shape, or form, they can figure it out more than other people will figure it out. Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan says, Yirmiya wasn't there. That's why she was able to prophesize, because he went to get the ten Shvatim back. Because the seller does not come back from the sale. Meaning, is it possible that after keeping Yoyvel, uh, that after Yoyvel is gone, Yechezkel is going to lose his Nevoah? Rather, what does it teach me? 
brought them back, and therefore it was possible to have Yaivel again. After he brought back Daseras Hashvatim, Yeshiyahu ben Amman became the king. And it said, What is this Mohatzion? What is this uh, marker? Halaz. Asher Ani Raya. What is this marker that I see? And they said to him, Anshayair, the men of the city, um, said to him, Hakeber Ishualekim, the grave. Uh, from a man of God, Asher Bom Yehuda, comes from Yehuda, and he called out these things, Asher Asisa, that you have done, Allah Mizbeach, to the Mizbeach, or on the Mizbeach, base El, and base El. Okay, that is the Pasuk. How do we darshan this? Says the Gemara. What did Yeshio have to do with the Mizbeach in base El? Okay, which was where that Sarah Sashvatim lived. Rabbi, you see from here, Sheshio Malachalem. You know what Yeshio was doing there? He was their king. Beautiful. Fine. Rav Nachman, I'm Rav Nachman says, I'll prove to you, Yeshio was the king of that Sarah Sashvatim from a different person. Gam Yehuda Shos. Also, Yehuda Shos Katsir Lach. There was a particular time to reap, to harvest. Vishuvi Shuvi Ami. When I return with the captives, of my people. So again, you see very clearly that he brought back Lazarus Hashvatim from captivity. Okay, let's keep going. Who was the last Neviah? Esther. How do we know Esther was a Neviah? Esther Malchus, it was on the third day. And Esther dressed herself up in Malchus in royal clothing. Big day Malchus. It says more, I should have said big day Malchus. But she dressed herself with Malchus. Now, they should have said royal garments. Real the good. But it just says Malchus. Says the Gemara, what does that teach me? Ella, she, she covered herself with Ruach HaKodesh, over here meaning Nevuah. It says here she covered herself, she got dressed. Okay, the Pesach says, also the expression of Lavsha referring to clothing oneself with prophecy. Okay. Amr of Nachman. Rev Nachman says, Yehura positions is not fit for women. It's not their role. What do you mean it's not their role? It's not their natural place to be. Tarti Nashi Yeheran. And because there were two very, very Chashiva women who Yeheran have Visanyan Shmay they were given their names, and they were really Chashva people, but the, what they were called, their names, are not really, um, they're not really pleasant. Chada Shemazi Borta. One's name was a bee, Devaira. Chada Shemakar Kushta. Another one is a weasel, Chulda. Ziborta Ksev Atishtach Vatikra Labarak. It says she sent and called Barak, her husband. She herself didn't go. Sent her husband. Kakushta Ksev Imrula ish, and as far as Chulda, it says, Go tell the man, Velay Amra Imrula Melech, instead of saying Imrula Melech. Once they were put into these positions, as Hashur as they were, there were, there were mistakes in how they handled um, the other people in positions. They kind of overstepped their boundaries. Amar of Nachman. Of Nachman says, Chulda was a descendant of Yeshua. 
it says over here, Ben Kharsas, she, uh, the child of Kharsas. Uksiv Hosom Bimisnas Cheres. And it says elsewhere, uh, referring to Yeshua in Timnas Cheres. Okay. It says the Gemara, Esve, Ravena, Sobalur. So we keep referring to, um, uh, so we see the same word is by Chulban, by Yeshua. Fine. Says the Gemara, one second. Esve, Ravena, Sobalur, Nachman. Ravena, Zabba says to Ravnachman a challenging question. There were eight Nevi'im who Kaihanim, the, the prophets were also Kahanim, who were descendants of Rachav Hazoina. Rachav, the prostitute who ended up saving by the story of Yerichai. So, um, and uh, ultimately, after Yerichai was demolished, she was saved and ended up marrying Yeshua. The Eluhain, these are the descendants Nerya, Baruch, Usraya, Machse, Yermia, Chilkia, Hanamel, and Shulam. Those were the names of the prophets who were also Kahanim. Even Choldanavia was a descendant of, of Rachav. It says by Cholda, she is the child of Tikva, literally meaning hope. She had the red thread. So you see that Rachav, um, you see that Cholda came from Rachav. So we have to now make up our mind. Was she a descendant of Rachav or was she a descendant of Yeshua? But what did we just point out? Rachav ended up marrying Yeshua. That's the answer. Amr in the Saba. Rav Nachman said to the, to the eyes of the elder, and some say he called him a, a uh, black pot. Okay? Um, really, both of our statements are true. The Igarya, Rachav converted the Naspa Yeshua, and she ended up marrying Yeshua. It says the Gemara, Umi Havale Zara Yeshua. Did Yeshua ever have children? Yeah, if these are descendants, if these eight sons are descendants of Rachel and also descendants of Yeshua. One second. Did Yeshua have children? But it says, Nine Benai Yeshua Benai. His son Nun and his son Yeshua. Now, the Gemara darshans from there that Yeshua bin Nun. It's all the same person, and he himself did not ultimately have any children. It says the Gemara, he didn't have any actual sons, but he had children. He did have daughters, and these, these uh, men were descendants of Yeshua, but not Ben Achaben. They just, weren't, uh, they just weren't son after son, but they were still actual descendants. Beautiful. We'll hold it here for today. And we're up to the very top word, very top line on Daf Tesvav and Medalif Bez Hashem. We will pick up from here tomorrow evening. Agutavach, everybody. Zagabensht.